because we got the alternative energy on nuclear free autonomy. And welcome to the Radioactive Show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. The Radioactive Show is produced on the unceded lands of the Kulin Nation and we pay our respect to Elders past and present. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Radioactive Show. I'm Michaela and we'll be taking to the streets to hear the voices and sounds of a couple of rallies in Nam Melbourne this week. We'll be joining Wage Peace at the University of Melbourne and Lockheed Martin's research facility on April 28th, the final day in a week-long global action. But first up, we'll head to the steps of Victorian Parliament to hear voices from a rally for a nuclear-free future. In the month leading up to the anniversary of the Chernobyl disaster on the 26th of April, bright yellow posters listing major nuclear incidents in bold red writing, Chernobyl, Maralinga, Hiroshima, Fukushima, appeared across the city of Melbourne calling for an end to this nuclear madness. And whilst it is still a mystery who called for the rally, those who showed up were happy to share their reasons for attending and let's hear from them now. We're down here at the steps of Parliament for a rally against nuclear madness. Tell us what brought you down here today. Yeah, hello, my name is Julie. Um, I'm originally from South Australia, born in Sejuna. My family um, were involved with the... Well, my ancestors and that were moved off of the Maralinga community and that. Um, a friend of mine whose uncle actually saw firsthand what was going on in, in Maralinga, the time they had the nuclear bombs and all that, um, yeah, would be able to tell you a bit more about it, so I'll just put him on. My name's Robert Wolf. Uh, I'm a Brown and my family all from South Australia. Uncle Bobby Brown, Sammy Brown, Ida Brown, they all went through the atomic testing and... I went to South Australia about 10 years ago. My uncle was telling me in Cooper PD what they went through, how they had to hide in the, like the caves there. He was the first, he was only a young boy and he went to one of the properties and he got permission off the army to go to these properties because he knew this farmer who was wealthy and they used to go into the properties. No one was allowed to come out of there. If you went in, you weren't allowed to come out. And there was all these different tents around, um, the one with the sick, the ones they tested on. Like, it went to cases where there was no skin left on their body and they were sort of testing. Like, I heard really bad like, stories that he went through. He could have been shot just for going to those stories, uh, those places. And um, yeah, I, I don't agree with these bombs and nuclear bombs that hurt other people, kill other people. We're all human. I think it's better off speaking and talking than, you know, blowing people up. It's not nice. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And Julie, did you want to add anything else? Obviously, you're inspired to come down here today. Yeah. Well, as I was saying before, it's um, my family members and that were affected by it. Um, I've seen firsthand how it's, you know, drove, drove family members to, to do things that I suppose they wouldn't do in circumstances like that, but um, when you're... All I'm saying is I, I oppose it, you know, I don't like it, I don't think it's good for our country, being Aboriginal, and 
I, I, I don't like what they did to our people and I don't want to see that to happen to anybody else. So, yeah, it doesn't matter who they are. We're all human beings and none of us need it. So, yeah, thank you. It's the evening of Tuesday, 26th of April, the anniversary of the Chernobyl disaster. And do you want to just introduce yourself? Tell us what brought you down here today. Hey, my name is George. Um, I've sort of been involved with um, you know, the campaign against nuclear industry uh, for decades now, ever since I was a teenager. Um, uh, I remember Chernobyl very well, even now, 36 years later. Uh, and um, yeah, just, uh, yeah, um, uh, in the 90s, I, was, uh, I went to a couple of the Roxby Downs uh, protests and the exposure tours that were organised by Friends of the Earth and some other groups. And yeah, just been uh, actively campaigning against the uh, this, this whole nuclear madness. Yeah, ever since. Yeah. And uh, what what were some of the things that you learnt about when you were uh, over in South Australia that were really powerful that have stuck with you? Well, things like that. Um, the actual servicemen that were there were were used as guinea pigs, and just the. The fact that the, you know, it's it's around for thousands of years. It's it hasn't ended, you know. Just because they dropped those atom bombs at Maralinga, doesn't mean it's all over. It's still people living with the after effects and the and the, uh, and the, and the indigenous people that um, from that area um, are still living with the with the after effects of it even now to this this very day, and will continue to have to. So it's it's something that it, it doesn't go away. So uh, yeah. Yeah, um, there were just things I learnt that surprised even me. I thought I was well versed, but you know, you f I find out things every day that are real ghastly about this uh, this whole industry. And with the federal election coming up soon, uh, who knows what's what's on the on the draw cards? Yeah. We just heard from Julie, Robert, and George on the steps of Victorian Parliament on the 26th of April. Next up, Canopy. Tell us what inspired you to come down. Well, because I saw the poster and Melinda and then also what's been going on in Ukraine, but also I mentioned about um, Fukushima, Hiroshima, and I've been um, very much involved with the Japanese anti-nuclear movement and walks and um, against nuclear power, and, and today is the anniversary of Chernobyl, and so that's why I've come here and I'm thinking, oh, maybe... The, Lots of people will come. <laughs> but there's just a, just a few of us today. <laughs> yeah, but um, doesn't matter how many people come, that we do it is the most important thing. And I'll be sending info. I did to Japan, and they were all thumbs up, and you know, says great, 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 great. They're also doing stuff in Japan for this day. Oh, fantastic! What activities are um, happening? Walk marching in Tokyo and Osaka and in Sendai and I think even something happening in Fukushima and um, a lot of people I know are doing stuff there. Mm. Yeah, because I think that's the thing as we're talking about with Julie and Rob, people impacted by mm. the nuclear industry directly really do have a, an affinity and yeah. there is that connection around the world. And there's been big marches against the war in Ukraine. It's galvanised a lot of people to march together. And there has been um, Ukrainian refugees allowed to come 
to Japan until um, the war is over. So um, a lot of support from Japanese people. Excellent. Anything else that you wanted to add or your hopes for um, the future? Just an end to um, nuclear power, nuclear weapons and um, an end to uranium mining on First Nations land. Awesome, thanks. So, my name is Jessup. I'm a software developer in Melbourne. I, I've been inspired to come down here because um, I, I've read a lot about nuclear energy and what people want to do with it because it's cheap and green and stuff. But from what I've read and saw and heard, it's not really like that. People disregard what the real implication of nuclear energy, so that's why I can came down here. Excellent. And what other things have you learned about the nuclear industry here in Australia? Here in Australia. Um, so I, I know that they have a, a nuclear plant in uh, New South Wales and they have um, agreed to dump waste in some area in South Australia and they say it's okay. But, but, but I mean, the thing is that with nuclear waste, they stay forever. Like, as the people say that it's safe because the containment is going to be safe, but we never know whether it will leak and stuff. So, yeah, that's what concerns me. Great. And what are your hopes for the future? Um, if people can be made aware instead of trying to keep themselves in an illusion that nuclear will provide us free energy, then I think we can carve a path for a safer future. I'm Dimitri and uh, um, we've got, um, I'm part you know, of a group, we are three of us, and we present uh, since uh, 2015, I think, uh, a program in Greek and English. Uh, it's called Greek Resistance Bulletin. We talk about um, social struggles in, in Greece and uh, we started it because uh, Back in 2015, the social struggle was in the high, you know, in uh, the peak. We thought, you know, that uh, the best way, you know, of solidarity, you know, to struggles there was, you know, to report, you know, about, you know, the struggles here and also, you know, to participate in the struggles here. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Great. And uh, tell us what inspired you to come down here today. Uh, because, you know, it's the uh, anniversary of Maralinga events, you know, and um, whoever who um, has read in the Australian history and especially, you know, the, all the issues, you know, around, you know, the uh, nuclear um, uh, industry and all of this stuff, probably he or she knows, you know, what Maraliga, you know, was. And um, uh, yeah, I was always concerned about, you know, these issues and uh, also I was concerned about, you know, the Aboriginal, um, you know, um, custodians, you know, of this um, land, especially in Maralinga, you know, in uh, South Australia. And, uh, yeah, uh, I just, you know, uh, came because I'm in solidarity in all of these struggles. Fantastic. All right. Thanks so much. And thanks to Julie, Robert, Canopy, George, Jessup and Dimitri for sharing their thoughts with us at the Rally to End Nuclear Madness on the steps of Victorian Parliament on the 36th anniversary of the Chernobyl disaster. And if you want to hear more about the serious situation at Chernobyl now with the Russian occupation of the site, 
You can listen to our recent podcast where we've reported on the situation. It's 3cr.org.au forward slash radioactive. And you're tuned to the Radioactive Show produced in the studios of 3CR in Fitzroy and broadcast across the continent thanks to the Community Radio Network. We're going to go to a song, Sorong Samari by Ari Lecky.
And that's the song Sorong Samari by Irileki. And up next on the Radioactive show, we're going to be hearing the sounds of the NAM Melbourne-based action that was part of the global mobilization to stop Lockheed Martin. And these actions happened across the week of April 21 to 28 at Lockheed Martin facilities in many different nations. Uh, Notably, of course, in the US where the weapons giant is based. So a large protest took place during Lockheed Martin's AGM in Maryland on April 21 with a banner reading, Lockheed Weapons Terrorize the World. And uh, yeah, just hearing there from uh, Ira Leke from the Free West Papua Movement, uh, one of the focuses for the actions in Australia, were focused on some of the activities of Lockheed Martin, whose weapons are regularly seen in West Papua where the Indonesian role is contested by the large civilian movement and uh, Wage Peace has documented the transfer of weapons from Australia to Indonesia and identified Lockheed Martin weapons in attacks on unarmed villages in West Papua. The Wage Peace Disrupt War crew uh, took to the streets and went to the offices of Lockheed Martin and University of Melbourne collaboration. So we're going to hear some of that action now. We're fucking flag out the front. We'd love you to see us and come and um, spend some time with us here. We're going to make some problem for Lockheed Martin today. Why do we want to make a problem for Lockheed Martin? What have they done? What do they do? They they make $65 billion a year uh, selling weapons including weapons that Australia buys and then gives to the Indonesian Air Force. Yeah, and then the Indonesian Air Force takes those transport planes into the highlands of West Papua, loaded up with soldiers who are loaded up with weapons. Uh, We're seeing those weapons being used against protests. So just last month, two people, uh, a young fella and a fella of 39, shot dead at a protest, just for being at a protest. They weren't doing anything in particular, They certainly weren't armed. They were there to say, we want self-determination. We want to be free from military repression in the place where we live. And they were shot dead. That's called murder. Those two two men. Uh, Ferius Yasso is the name of one. I'm afraid I can't remember the name of the other. Um, There was also a two-year-old baby shot and killed in crossfire. So two children were shot in that assault. One recovered. Um, a two-year-old baby, there's photos on the internet, they're horrific. Um, and this child was killed by soldiers transported on Lockheed Martin planes, which Australia gave to the Indonesian Air Force. So we are saying, Australia, we want you to stop exporting weapons to Indonesia, full stop, all weapons, and all military training and police training to Indonesia must stop until conflict in West Papua has ceased. And that's one demand that we make. Uh, The next demand we make is just stop making weapons altogether because they're crap. Um, Weapons are the world's ultimate waste industry. Weapons are made to destroy and to be destroyed. So at a time when the climate is in crisis and our Earth's life support systems are starting to fail, we don't need weapons. 
We need earth repair technologies. And that's why Wage Peace calls for earth care, not warfare. 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 About the university, you have to be accountable. What about our universities doing collaboration with weapon stealers? probably has facilities all over the place. It's not true. This is the only Lockheed Martin research facility outside of the United States, and it's in collaboration with the University of Melbourne. So shame on you, University of Melbourne. Shame on you. Shame on the Australian government for giving 30 billion a year of our money to arms manufacturers. Shame. You're tuned to the Radioactive Show and we heard there some of the Disrupt War Wage Peace activists at the site of the Stella Lab. It's a collaboration between the world's biggest arms manufacturer, Lockheed Martin, and the University of Melbourne. So in 2016, the University of Melbourne proudly welcomed the arrival of Lockheed Martin's Stella Lab science, technology, engineering, leadership and research laboratory and the Deputy Vice-Chancellor Professor James McCluskey said that the collaboration was strategically important and that the university had made no secret of its desire to both deepen and broaden its engagement with industry to have high impact and work together to solve some of the world's most challenging problems. And yeah, obviously... uh, There's many different ways to go about solving those problems and I'm sure the majority of people and the majority of participants in the University of Melbourne wouldn't agree that war and nuclear weapons and supporting terrorism all across the world is the way to go about doing that. So yeah, really important time to uh, keep building around this campaign as Lockheed Martin are making billions and billions of dollars from their warmongering all around the world and some of the issues that that raises has been brought to public attention by some of the academics at the University of Melbourne. So we saw in January last year, on the 22nd of January, as the United Nations ban on nuclear weapons came into force, 
It was reported that the links with the nuclear weapons manufacturer Lockheed Martin were compromising collaborations between Melbourne University's global leading infectious disease researchers and the World Health Organization. Uh, So the World Health Organization had serious ethical reservations about collaborating with the Peter Doherty Institute for Infection Immunity, which is a world leader in COVID-19 research, and the Nossel Institute for Global Health due to the university's links with the globe's biggest arms maker. So it really is compromising the ability for the university to play a significant role in combating current and future pandemics, just highlighting again why it's so important to reallocate these serious amounts of money away from world destruction to health and earth repair and that was one of the catch cries. It was a very colourful action with a post-apocalyptic fashion parade and songs. So the message is pretty clear. Lockheed Martin kills, kills innocent civilians all over this world. And we're here to take a stand. I want to see all you beautiful models on the catwalk together and sending Lockheed a clear message about earth care brings us to the end of today's show thanks so much to rosa pink and all the activists the wage peace crew to find out more go to stoplockheedmartin.org there's photos from all those actions around the world thanks so much again for tuning in to the radioactive show on 3cr community radio and join us again next week for more nuclear peace and energy issues so folks, thanks for tuning in. This is Wage Peace. We're at Lockheed Martin's no longer secret weapons laboratory at 766 Elizabeth Street.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.